Welcome to a bonus episode of the Origin Canine Podcast. In these bonus episodes, I interview people who are not specifically canine related and may or may not be in the military and law enforcement community. These guests are just as motivated, inspiring and authentic as my regular guests. For all my canine industry content, look for the numbered episodes. I hope you enjoy what follows. Alrighty guys, uh, welcome to another episode of Origin Canine Podcast. As you probably gathered from that pre-recorded intro, every now and then we're going to do some bonus content. And it could be someone that's not really in the canine industry or somebody who's in the military law enforcement space, but not necessarily canine. So today I've got Travis Bell. So Travis is known as the bucket list guy. Um, (laughs) And basically I first saw Travis as part of a business course that I'm doing uh, uh, to help me with Origin Canine. And, uh, mate, I was, I think the biggest thing that struck me was the fact that you gave this big prezzo and the presentation standalone was fucking awesome. And then like right at the end, you were like, now I could just be some other dude that gives you this awesome prezzo and fucks off. And you think that was really cool. And then you put this 10 minute timer on and you were like, we're going to actually do something. (laughs) Yeah. I went went full uh, boot camp military style on everyone. Mate, it was good because, I, like, I'm still doing some stuff that I booked in in that 10 minutes. Like no, drum I've, done, I've done that all around the world and it just uh, it just completely rocks people. They think they can just sit there for an hour or whatever and watch me and write down a bunch of notes and not do anything. And I was just sick and tired of people doing that. And I've done that in seminars all my life. And and um, and then one yeah, for one for what some some reason I just. I don't know, I might have got jack of people just not taking action and, you know, and as you could appreciate, mate, it, I, I just like, no, I'm going to fucking get people to do stuff here. I'm going to put a countdown timer on and I just tested it and just went went off and I was throwing fucking water bottles at people and I just <laughs> I took it too far. Um, no, it's fucking gold, man. And look. And, uh, and, then, yeah. and then everyone's like, geez, that's exactly the push I needed. And, and I, I've done that. I've done, well, that, that group was over 600 people, I think, up there in Queensland. So Heaps, yeah. um, it's pretty, I've done that with over a thousand people in a room. Yeah. And yeah. it was good because you were like walking around going like, show us your phone. Where's the thing you booked? Send me the confirmation yeah. email. Da, 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 and people 100%, were going. 100% accountability. Yeah. Because, you know, like that's the thing. Like when you run seminars and you're a keynote speaker, you get to hang out with people for an hour, an hour and a half max, right? And I've been the bucket list guy for over 10 years and yeah, a lot of people, it's kind of like, you know, shelf help. It's like you become a sem- you suffer from seminar junkie, you know, and people go to these things, they leave fucking, you know, eight foot, eight foot and bulletproof, um, but they don't do anything, you know? And, and so I know that, I spoke on stage with Darren Hardy, who used to run success.com. And he actually had some stats from success.com magazine and online platform that, that nearly 90, 95% of people who go to seminars don't do anything afterwards. I'm like, fuck. And he, he spoke before me. And I'm like, geez, I did that. I, I did that countdown thing as a result of, of hearing that. And I went, fuck that, not, in it, not, not on my watch. And uh, and just yeah, made the uh, 
practice what we preach. Yeah. No, that's, that's why it stood out because it was just, it was exactly what you said. I could have just sat there and be like, oh, God, the, had this great guy last week did this presentation. Mm-hmm. What was it about? Ah, oh, the bucket list guy. Oh, cool. Yeah, nice. I seen the movie. Yeah, no, shit. So, but no, it was good because I, I sat down, I actually did it, I actioned it, and I've been doing drum lessons, um, which I've been putting off for years. <laughs> and a couple of other things, like I did some about two hours of MMA this morning, and um, I'm looking at, I want to try and have a fight. That's one of the things on my bucket list. Have a fight? Um, so, yeah, it was good, man. It was just really good that I actioned it. And then, like, because you're right, like, heaps of people go to, like, seminars, we listen to audio books, listen to podcasts, um, read articles, whatever. And it's, mm. at the end of the day, if you're not actually doing something, it's just an interesting story or a bit of white noise. Yeah, and totally. And, and you know, like, it's even worse, you know, when you're a speaker, and, look, I, you know, hopefully by now, mate, you know me well enough to know that I really actually want to help people. And, I, you know, like, you can stand up on stage and have the people giving you a standing ovation and make yourself feel real good that's just ego you know it's like yeah great if i don't actually like impact people's lives what the fuck am i doing you know like like and and that's the shit you know like i hate it when people call me a motivational speaker yes i've got to motivate people you motivate people great but if you motivate an idiot well you get a motivated idiot and um but motivation, you know, it doesn't last. You've got to really inspire. You've got to disrupt. You only get an hour. To think that you can actually change someone's life in an hour is really fucking arrogantly presumptuous. So you've got to have something that disrupts the current train of thought, the current pattern. And, and there's got to be some trail on. There's got to be some take home, you know, whether it be an action in the room like I did or they jump into a coaching program or they buy a book at least and then they can continue the journey. And, you know, having all these kind of things in my expert ecosystem, I've always been consciously aware that, yeah, I get to hang out with a person for uh, for an hour or whatever during a keynote presentation to think that I'm going to actually change someone's life. It's pretty presumptuous. So you've got to have all these other, you know, tools, I guess, to to further impact and more importantly, have them map the messages into their life at a deeper level. Yeah. And like you said, there's, there's all that information out there and people throw themselves at all this sort of stuff. And like right here in your, everyone in their pocket has this device that has access to like pretty much every bit of information ever in humanity. Yeah. Like there's, there's no answer you can't get from that thing whether it's calling someone, Googling it, downloading YouTube, whatever. But it's just raw data and information if you don't actually go and bang it in. We all suffer from infobesity. And there's just too much information. The the, the, the real world, the the superpower these days is to actually focus your attention on, on something until it's done. And as you know from the military, you know, success is completion. So a lot of us start different projects and go for the next bright, shiny object and don't complete. The superpower is actually to put the blinkers on, decrease the noise, increase the focus and actually finish something. Yeah. So hit us, like, hit us with a bit of, I don't know if, 
I mean, I've listened to a bunch of your podcasts to senior live, read your book, all that sort of stuff. So I've got a, a bit of context to, to a lot of the stuff that you do. How deep do you go into like the sciencey stuff behind the bucket list and the positive motivation and uh, sorry, the positive psychology rather? Yeah. Or do you sort of not want to go too deep because you'll just fucking lose people? No, no. It, given the um, again, given the given the context of the conversation, um, like I go full on. Like when I do, I do a lot of private coaching with people, like other founders, um, C level executives, uh, and their teams, and you know, and, and a whole bunch of different people. I've dealt, I've dealt with people, um, people who've grown up in cults. I've dealt with people who've got severe agoraphobia. I've dealt with people that have gone through all sorts of fucking abuse and uh, post-traumatic stress from different things in their life. And uh, that's where I put the, and I hate this term as well, but put on the life coach hat or the, you know, I'll just call it coach hat. But that's when you can really go deep with all the stuff that I've learned, you know, and then you add, 30 plus years of actually coaching people like you'd, you'd, you'd really build up a lot of like a big set of tools to be able to help people. And you can go down the gut, you can go deep with, I think in that one-on-one -on -one setting, but in, again, in a seminar format where it's you're coaching one to many, you've got to keep it somewhat surface level because because yeah. uh, you can't unless you go unless you've got a like a tony robbins style event where it goes for four days or, or longer then you can do uh they call it hot seating you can grab someone out of the crowd and really you know um unpack what's going on or what what's blocking them their challenges and be you know like you can do that in that long form kind of seminar or event um, and that's where Robbins is one of the best in the world. You know, he can coach that person and he's really coaching one to many because everyone else in the, you know, like he'll strip that person down psychologically, so to speak, build them back up, give them new strategies and tools. And everyone, meanwhile, everyone, everyone else is going, oh, thank fuck, that's not me. Um, <laughs> and they're breaking down, they're going through it, but they opted in to, to be coached by Robin, you know, yeah, yeah. coaching situation. But inadvertently, you're coaching parts of everyone else in the audience anyway. And if you use good group dynamic or stage room dynamic, it you know of you know who else can who else understands what she's going through right now. You know, five thousand people are going, yeah, fuck, that sounds like me. That sounds like me. So you can use those sort of techniques and tools to go deep in that kind of context in that scenario. But in a traditional what you saw me do was an hour and a half going deep with someone you you would lose the crowd pretty quickly because you can only skim over the surface and and the fear there is triggering you know triggering something in someone where you go oh fuck i've gone too far here and that's happened before too you know so you've got to be really careful of what how deep you go you you want to get you want to shock and you want to disrupt and you want to change people um but if you've got fucking people sitting there going you know like i shouldn't have talked about my child you know <laughs> you've got oh shit i've gone too far here but 
yeah. you know, that's why that's why I think speaking in that format and then having coaching programs where you can go deeper, they go hand in glove really well. Yeah, I like it, man. Well, actually, that's probably a good point. Like, we started out, you and I having a chat, and, you know, I know what's going on, you know what's going on. Like, mm. throw some context behind this conversation in, in the sense, like, sort of a bit of an introduction for yourself because I didn't really do it because <laughs> I just yeah. was like, oh, let's go. Um, but, yeah, give us a bit of an intro for yourself, and then we'll just sort of continue on because – I'm sure you, you've told your life story a million times. And if somebody wants to hear it, there's about 50 podcasts with that on there. So, Oh, yeah. Look, no, that's easy. Um, I mean, I, I, I grew up in Ocean Grove here in Victoria, about an hour and a half out of, out of, uh, out of Melbourne down on the coast. Surfer, surfer, surf lifesaver, my whole life growing up. Um, jock, as they say in America. Um, led me to do a phys ed degree, uh, I think it was about that time I was going to go in the military as well, but um, went to uni and um, uh, and I did, in my third year uni, I started personal training and this was in the early 90s. So I started PT really when there wasn't an industry in personal training. I was one of the first personal trainers in Melbourne, um, let alone Australia. And I started, I started with one client, it was... Uh, in the third year uni, there was a guy, there was a guy who my strength and conditioning coach, he was training, he came in um, into teachers at uni and he was training um, some really wealthy people around Melbourne, around Turek and Melbourne. He was Daryl, you know, Daryl Summers from Hey Hey It's Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was Daryl Summers' personal trainer. I'm a, I'm a country guy, you know, country boy. I'm like, oh, that's a rock star to me, you know. <laughs> anyway, and then he said, oh, yeah, no, I don't get paid 200 bucks an hour for it. And I went, oh, oh, now I'm, that, that's, that's interesting. And so I work at a gym, personal training. All right. Anyway, I, I like leverage. Um, so I followed Tony around like pre-internet, pre-Google, pre-crack book and Instacrack and, you know, all the rest of it. And, uh, and he, and he said, mate, if you're keen on doing personal training, you know, subscribe to this magazine, you know, get this book, go to this event, go to this conference. And I just did everything he said and, uh, really fell in love with personal training. This is before it was even industry and got my first client hold 20, 25 bucks an hour back in the day, uh, a little bit different now. And I started working with one client, built that up to tens of thousands of clients around Australia, over 2 million personal training sessions. Uh, had a, first a franchise personal training studios in Australia. So I did that and basically because, Tom, that, that someone said, you can't franchise personal training. I said, all right, fuck you. And I did <laughs> a year later, I did it. Um, Sounds like someone else I know. <laughs> yeah, tell me something I can't do and I'll fucking do it. Um, but I, so I've never had a job, you know, in my, on my life. You know, I was a kid swimming teacher for beer money during uni, but that was about it. But I've had no sort of official job. I started my first business. So I grew that and, uh, I did that for 20, like 20 years. And I, uh, you know, the internet came on and the whole, you know, that whole world changed, but I, I grew it into a monster where I um, became too much of a lawyer, too much of an accountant and loved the end product of personal training, but I became, I, I just sort of 
I don't think I was mature enough to handle that kind of a business model. And I let some toxic people, pretty cancerous people into our, into our group, into our franchise company. And uh, it just didn't go well. I had some other shit going on in life. And one thing led to another. I found myself suffering from depression or of a downward spiral into depression. Um, albeit mild compared to some of the other shit that I've heard since. Um, but instead of going on like heavy antidepressants and putting a you know band-aid over the top of it, because uh, I knew a lot of other people on antidepressants, I'm like, fuck, I don't want to sleepwalk through my life. You know, I, I, I like my highs and lows of emotion, although, you know, <laughs> I want to get out of here and go up here more. But yeah. um, may I, I, and then I, I, I just forced myself to um, go to, you know, go to events and learn. I wanted to get to the root cause of what I was going through. I'm always interested in psychology, but now I, I'm like, you are, I'm now my own guinea pig. I want to find out what the fuck's going on. And so I got coaches and I got all sorts of people to like, and I worked through some stuff and I invested a bunch of money to, to find out what was going on. I discovered, you know, did all the courses, life coaching courses, NLP courses, positive psychology. And that helped me really understand the root cause of what I was going through. No big traumatic event or anything like that. It was just knowledge. And in and, and again, instead of putting a band over the over the top of it. So it was about two, you know, I've walked on fire, did ayahuasca, went to Burning Man, the whole bit. And uh, all personal development, <laughs> and um, all a happy clapper, fucking caftan. Oh, mate, done it all. I've been dirt worship and stuff. Nice. I've been to some weird shit. Yeah, and um, and uh, but it's all you know, it's all part of it. And and uh, about two years into that journey, a mate of mine said, "We're sitting there in a life coaching course or something." He goes, "Trav, why don't you teach this shit?" And it was ping, light bulb moment. You know, that's fuck, that's why I'm here, you know? And I was getting over my personal training, obviously. So I, I, um, I went, yeah, I'm going to package it. Everything that I've been learning. And, and for me, I was <clears throat> shit scared of public speaking, like shit scared. Great one-on-one. I've done some uni lecturing and stuff like that. But when it comes to talking about other stuff outside of fitness, I was like, fuck, this is shit myself. So I, I, I saw around that time, I saw a speaker by the name of Alan Weiss, a brash New Yorker, and he had, um, I don't know what event it was, but he had uh, no tech, no whiteboards, no nothing. And he had us laughing, he had us crying, all in the space of a minute, you know, like, it was fucking amazing. I still reckon he's one of the best speakers on earth. And I was like, fuck, if I could do that, what he's doing, I could do anything in life. That was the big domino for me. And I actually chose public speaking because it was the biggest fear on earth. Not because I want to be famous, just to overcome my own shit. Because I was on this personal development journey. What's going to like, really personify this was me actually fucking speaking about it. So I put on a talk, nearly had to pay the 40 people to come to that talk. It was fucking shit myself. <clears throat> but halfway through, I, I um, started sharing the fact that when I, from the age I was 18, I had a list to do before I die actually written down. And I asked the group, who else has got, this is about 12 years ago, 
So I wasn't 18, 12 years ago, it was 20 years before that. Um, I said, who else has got one of these lists to do before you die? Actually written down and I picked it up in a Tony Robbins book or something like that. And it was donuts, no one. I said, why the fuck do you get out of bed in the morning? Why do you want to earn money? Why, why do you want to, why? Yeah. You know, why don't you write this shit down? And it's like most people in life, especially here in Australia, get one of three answers. What are your goals in life? Pay off the house, put the kids through school, do a bit of trouble when I'm older. I'm possibly sicker. <laughs> Fuck, is that it? Yeah. So, And here I am with my list going, oh, this is the reason I start businesses. This is the reason I want to earn more money. This is the reason I want, to, want more time and get up in the morning. This is the shit that actually helped me get out of depression. You know, it was my light at the end of the tunnel. And... And I was like, I don't get it. I don't get why, why don't you even write shit down? You know, like I go and run seminars now, mate. Still, and the group that you're involved in, very, very, very evolved. Right? And, and, I'm, and I'm like, um, I can go in, I did a plumbing, you know, a plumbing group the other day. And, and I said, hey, has anyone written down a bucket list? And there was one guy out of 120 people. Right? Is anyone write down goals? Same, there was that guy and maybe a couple of others. I said, is that it? like the rest of you don't write goals down? Do you fucking have goals? Yeah. Do you write them down? So if, you got a, if you actually write shit down, you've got a 46% more likelihood of them actually manifesting. I love that stat, man. That's, that's, and it's like, that's the and, fucking and I good go, And I go, all right, guys, we'll get out a fucking pen and see see this and and this. It does this thing called writing. It's fucking amazing, being facetious. And and I said, write down your goal, you know, write down your bucket list. It was like I discovered fucking fire. You know, it's like, oh, oh my God, you know. Yes. (laughs) I've never written down a goal before. I'm like, fuck. So they don't do the stuff. The general pop don't do this stuff. You know, and, and that's what is really cool. And I want to kind of make this personal development stuff that I've that I learned, you know, accessible to the average person because I know that that it's helped a lot of people, you know, the light's gone on for a lot of people. And a lot of people, you know, just not make it wankerish, if that's even a word, you know, not yeah. make it the intimidating personal development, rah, rah, and like all the American shit, like, the average Aussie, I think, you know, like this is the thing. <clears throat> the, the stats are, are so scary around depression, anxiety, you know, the overprescription of antidepressants, suicides, youth suicides. We've now got this thing called the loneliness epidemic. It's a real fucking thing, right? The adverse effect of social media. And these stats are climbing. The level of disengagement is through the roof. Right, that's like people who go to work, get a paycheck, and come home, and couldn't really give a fuck. That's about seventy percent in our country. It's about ninety percent in the US. Jesus. So to have an engaged workforce is actually a like that's a metric engagement, right? The level of disengagement is like ninety percent in the US. It's like fuck, ninety percent of people go to work every day, grab the grab the paycheck, come home, is not into it but they'll do that as part of their 40, 40, 40 plan. What the fuck? And I'm like, so I've got, I do me talk back then. And then uh, 
you know, it really, you know, lit, lit the room up and people started sharing. Then Joe, one of the participants at that first um, seminar said, oh, how's all this list to do before you die stuff? It's like a bucket list. You're like the bucket list guy. And I went, light bulb moment. That yes, night, I, I went, home, went home and registered the bucketlistguy.com. And I've been reverse engineering it for the last 10 years, pretty much. And I love the fact that you you reverse engineer it. You're like, this is a fucking sick idea. I got some great results. People loved it. <clears throat> now let's let's put some meat behind it and see where you can take yeah. it, sort of thing. But it's my, you know, what it is, and you've seen me. Um, I think you know congruency and integrity is a you know big part of who I am. So I want to make sure that you know you're not going to get one person out there on stage and then the other person is completely different. You know, I'm a I'm a dickhead on both. So, um, and at the end of the day, that's the bucket list guy is my values out there in the world. It's a reflect. It's me. There's no, there's no mask. It's just me. This this is it. And I think the holy grail. I think the holy grail is to be able to be. You know, for me anyway, be be you out in the world. Um, and help a shitload of people and get paid well for it. Fuck it. A lot of people yeah. can't say that. And that's what I, I, everything that I've done around the bucket list guy has happened by design, not by luck or circumstance. It's just all, I, I credited it all. And I knew I became the bucket list guy because I knew the online world at around that time was starting to, you know, really come on. Like Tim Ferriss had just come out with his four-hour workweek book. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and here I was holding holding up all these, you know, got all these gyms and corporate leases around Australia, fucking burden, you know, like paying rents every month. And, and I'm like, fucking Tim comes out with his four-hour workweek book and he's running everything from fucking hammock in Thailand. I'm like... Yeah, I like that business model better. <laughs> that represents freedom. So I defranchised my whole business, sold off, sold off a heap and went online full-time too around that time. Yeah. And I had the biggest personal, biggest personal training company in Australia there for a while and I defranchised the whole thing. So I just it wasn't, it just wasn't me anymore. And uh, the whole world sort of, you know, the, the online kind of thing just bastardized it all, you know, anyone who I Look at it now and I go, God, thank God I got out of it because everyone's an influencer. You just got to have a good rig and you can, you know, lead millions of people. Fuck knows if they're qualified. That's irrelevant, right? What was the business, by the way? What was the franchise? Called New Level Personal Training. New Level. Is it still around? Yeah. Uh, the one, the last remaining one, I, I let him keep the, uh, keep the logo on the website and all that sort of thing and, you know, Good on him here in Victoria. Okay. But, uh, yeah, a lot of them changed their own brands. Some are like stoked with that. Some are like, no, don't go. But I had to be congruent with, you know, I had to be true to me. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and you know, so, so the cool thing is, is now we've, you know, I speak and I coach and I've got um, now certified bucket list coaches out there teaching this stuff, but in 22 countries around the world too now. So, about to be a few more so you know that's that's pretty cool yeah that's good man and i did a kind of a similar thing to you i was like i said before i was doing that pet training for a couple of years and i enjoyed it um but i think i like 
like I achieved what I wanted to with that business and I sort of outgrew it. And I found that I was trying to appeal to too many people with that business. Whereas mm. this one that I run now, I feel, I feel like it's more me. And I, and I know exactly who my people are. I love it. Yeah, All yeah. the shit I say, it's just, it's just me. Yeah, yeah. That's why I don't have scripts for podcasts and shit. Cause I'm just like, yeah. Freestyle. Why? Oh shit. Yeah. yeah. Got that yeah. 30 minute fucking thing for anyone listening, by the way, we're, we're <laughs> recording on zoom. Cause I'm, Completely incompetent with technology. There it um, is. Yeah, you got two minutes left. <laughs> but um, um, yeah, no, I love that, man. I love the fact that you were just like, nah, I'm going to do the thing that I like and I'm not going to do the thing that everyone else likes, even though it was probably bigger and you yeah. paid a heap of money. Yeah, and you've got this thing called like cognitive, cognitive dissonance is when you're doing actions out there in the world that aren't congruent with who you are. It's a chemical reaction. And... Um, and that, uh, you know, that that contributes to things like depression and anxiety and just not, you know, people not finding flow and they're not happy in their life. And so pretty much everything that I t teach is, you know, it's a result of like me healing me and just so happens it's helped a lot of other people in the process. And the bulk of what I teach is basically positive psychology, um, which is, you know, helping people, um, go to their strengths, identify what gives them meaning, purpose, fulfillment and gratitude in their life and, and in, you know, integrating more of that in their work and in their life. And I've just put this bucket list brand over the top of it, if you like. But positive psych is, I think, the antidote to, to mental health, you know, whereas, and it's different, you know, if you know positive psych versus traditional psych, traditional psych is regressive psychology going back over events uh doing therapy or having uh, medication to become normal a normal functioning member of society again but you know who the fuck wants to be normal so, so sure heal that stuff but then you know when, yeah. when it comes to performance and living a happier life or more fulfilled life you know then we've got to start identifying the things that bring us that and do more of it you know it's not about fixing weaknesses all the time it's about going to the things that you want to do and just doing more of it and that was like that helped honestly man that that's why i got you on here because i think coming from the military background i, I know i still know a lot of those military guys i know a lot i've got a lot of friends in police and a lot of those people are probably in that mindset like they're great at their jobs and all that sort of stuff but i think that i don't think they're looking forward a lot if you know what i mean like they 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 probably do have a lot of trauma whether it's from work or family or whatever the case is yeah. but like when you gave that speech at the eup meeting and you know we wrote some stuff down and actioned it like i did drumming lessons that for me i was like I could have fucking done drumming lessons years ago. Like it costs me 50 bucks a lesson. Isn't and I'm sitting here going, oh, when I have a million bucks one day in the business, I'll buy the drum kit and I'll da 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 and I'll just wait, you know, later, 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 later. And mate, since I I think you usually say, you know, once you pop you you can't stop. Like I got the little bucket list going now of like starting this podcast was a, a bucket list. Oh, yeah. Me getting yeah. on Joe Rogan hopefully next year is on the bucket list yeah. um, starting to chat just heaps of stuff man it just made me go 
what's the point waiting when I can just do heaps of free shit now? Yeah, and you go your low-hanging fruit. Stuff, You've right. got the, the thing that, that's traditional on a lot of people's bucket list is travel, right? A lot of people think a bucket list is just all about travel, but travel is the most costly and it, it costs the most time and money to do. Um, so I created the uh, the My Bucket List Blueprint, as, you, as you, you've already mentioned. To It's an acronym, My Bucket List. It's an acronym, 12-letter acronym. Sounds a bit like AI. Um, but... At the end of the day, it's it's twelve departments. It, it it makes you go south, north, south, east, west in your own brain. Helps you to extract and articulate a personally meaningful and holistic bucket list. And T on the end is about travel. But what it helps the pe person do is identify all the low hanging fruit. You know all the things that are easy to do. That all it takes is um, initiative you know, is intention, is being proactive versus, you know, most of the world's reactive. So it's about choosing happiness, choosing a meaningful life, choosing what does my lifestyle design actually fucking look like and, and get on the front foot. Because most, you know, like I said, most of the world is reacting to the world's events and everyone else around them. They're, 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 um, at the mercy of everyone else's agenda. They're, you know, the world's bitch. Yeah. And yeah, so if you get on the front foot and you intentionally put some intentional design, being intentional is really what it's all about. And, and you know, creating your own agenda, not in a selfish way, because I'm always encouraging, you know, for families to put together a family bucket list, couples to put a bucket list couples bucket list together and you have your own um and there'll be some crossover i'm sure but at the end of the day people we don't live in that world we don't live in a, an intentional intentionally designed world we go along with the herd most people are fucking sheeple and you know one of the quotes that i'm quoted on the most is people are dying at 40 and being buried at 80 a lot of people get to you know midlife we call it a crisis so great that's positive. And they fucking hang up, you know, they, they hang up and go, you know, this will do. Why are divorces so fucking rampant? Why are suicides so crazy? Why, why is depression still going up when all this information is out there? Yeah, we've got everything we need like right at your fingertips. I've got running water, I've got electricity. I've got Fuck, my you know that. Friends. You don't have to go through what you've been through and your mates have been through to realise that life is fucking good. And it's like you just got to like take every opportunity that you possibly can and, 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 and don't buy into what society is fucking telling you because most of society is fucking asleep. Yeah. And, I, people and, and, they, get, and then they get a... They get a um, hey? People love whinging. They, they like to grab onto the negative. Oh, I think misery, misery, misery loves company. Yeah. Yeah. People have yeah, a complaint off with someone. There's a, what's that saying? There's a saying, I think maybe it's that cognitive distance one you were talking about before, but um, yeah, people just love the, the drama hook, man. They just love to have a, have a complaint. And I think it's a, I think it's a lack of gratitude, dude. Like 100, I think you know, like yeah, you hit the nail on the head. It's <clears throat> I 
you know, I share my my story. Um, I share my story around depression, albeit mild. And I know that, you know, I can see the lot. I know 30% of my audience has gone through something similar, statistically. Yeah. And and I say, you know, like forget about all this future stuff and bucket list. That'll probably make you even more depressed, you know, thinking about it. Just start off with five, you know, write five gratitudes a day before you go to bed. And that's actually what I do. Write five gratitudes before I go to sleep at night, turn off the monkey mind, turn off the dark place and actually start, start to identify all the good things that have happened today. At the end of the day, you'll get a better night's sleep and, and the rules are you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to repeat. And if you say, I'm really grateful for my family, you're not allowed to ever say that again. So you've got to actually find the devil's in the detail. You've got to actually find five things each day that went well. And fucking, it's your brain chemistry just goes, if you're in a dark place, your brain chemistry just fucking goes, what? I don't, can't comprehend. I'm not, it short circuits all that. It's fucking amazing. That's actually one of the biggest tools that I use to get out of depression myself was write five gratitudes a day. Haven't stopped. I just started doing that recently. I was listening to one of your podcasts a couple of weeks ago. I think I'm about, 10 days in and I'm doing five in the morning, like when I first get up and, uh, and like, I'm trying to do what you were saying. Don't repeat yourself. Oh, I think thankful for my family and for my health, my house or whatever. And now I'm like, oh, I'm actually thankful that I've got electricity. Yeah. yeah. There's this whole industry that brings water to my house and someone cleans it. And I just turn the fucking thing and it turns on. Yeah, oh, mate. Let's let's hit the tit on this thing. I'll give you a new link. <laughs> Done. Jeez, mate. Alrighty. Okay, we're back. There we go. Because I'm a cheap ass. I just paid for the paid for. Did not pay for Zoom. You'll only do that once. <laughs> we're just recording forty minute increments. <laughs> um, mate, we were talking about gratitude, dude, and I was talking about yeah. my little journal little things that I'm great, grateful for. And you were talking about how it sort of helps you switch your brain chemistry, get out of that negative space and look for positive things. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and, uh, and that's what, that, that's like a, a starting, you know, it's like a starting point. And I um, have taken that uh, to another level and create these things called a reverse bucket list. And a reverse bucket list is all the things that you've done in your life as if they were in a bucket list. And, you know, you put a visual to that, call it a reverse bucket list board, if you like. And and then before you know it, you become, you know, you look back on your timeline, on the eye, and you identify all these things that you've done in your life. Um, and when the chips are down, you're in a pretty sad place. It's really cool to reflect on your reverse bucket list, all the things that you've done in your life, including your, your, your daily gratitudes. And, shit it gives you a warm feeling it's unreal puts a smile on your face and the problem is we live in such a forward-facing world you know and and i'll be happy when syndrome right waiting for that perfect time or that someday to come around and pause psych is is really about being that's where meditation comes from being mindful um, enjoying the journey, not just the destination, all of that stuff that we've read on tattoos and fucking T-shirts and books and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and at the end of the day, um, you've got to be happy in your own, um, happy where you are and happy with what you've done, happy with where you're going intentionally into the future. Um, 
And so that's part of the journey, you know, help, you know, before I even like in the seminar that you were in, before I even talk about the future, I get people to go, okay, what have we, where are we now guys? You know, let's take stock of right now. And when people do that recalibration, again, it puts a smile on face and gives a, a really good solid uh, and grateful foundation to then proactively design the rest of our life. Yeah, I imagine it's very similar to that gratitude thing where you've got to sit there and you've got to think about it and be like, oh, fuck, what have I actually done? Yeah. That yeah. was cool. We don't switch off enough it. to do that. That's, that's why meditation has become such a, that's a big thing just to quieten the mind, the monkey mind. We've all got fucking ADHD. <laughs> is that like, is that how you describe your personality? Like ADD, ADHD, a little bit hyperactive? No, well, look, I'm... Um, Believe it or not, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm hyper, but I don't know. I think I've just got a lot of energy. You know, I've always had a lot of energy and that's just how I am. But um, no, I'm an introvert by trade, believe it or not, but I'm a paid extrovert. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, you're doing a good job. Welcome to the dark side, bro. Fuck. As in like, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously quite be, I'm more than happy to be, you know, I re-energize, I re-energize by being in my own, but by, by just not being around more people. I, I re-energize and, and refuel, so to speak, just being alone. Shit, mate, I'm the complete opposite. Like sometimes, um, not, not so much now, because I've done a lot of work around being comfortable alone, that sort of stuff, but fuck bro for years if i if my you know ex-missus went away or whatever i'd just be pacing up and down the house not like mm. in a weird ah, sort of way but i'd just be pacing because i wouldn't be comfortable sitting there i'd need to go out and be with people i need someone to laugh at some dumb joke that i made like yeah I, you know it's, i'm a pretty i guess a pretty deep thinker and and i and i and i i, I need time to I can't do too many things at once, but I don't know if I'm if I'm gonna move the needle on my life, I need to I need to have quiet time to to go deep and um, you know, like I'll do I'll do a thing from stage, like that thing I did, you know, in front of you guys the other day. And then I'm I'll sign the books and I'll do the selfies and all that, but I'll be back into the room and just like and really decompose at uh, decompose, de uh, <laughs> what is that? Decompress. I think we are, we are technically decomposing as well. So you, you're also pretty much. <laughs> but I need to decompress, you know, and because uh, I like to, you know, uh, give my best performance, so to speak. And and speaking is not just about speaking; it's really edutainment. So it's like putting on a show to a certain extent. Um, fuck knows how they could do a Broadway show for blah blah blah, you know, or you know, and do it night on night on night no i could never do that yeah. it takes way too much out of me and so but i like you know I, I know i know myself too well these days and i know that i need to just decompress for a little bit afterwards and and then i'm i'm back yeah so like that's interesting that you talk about knowing yourself that's been a and I've had these conversations with other mates of mine and people in the in the dog industry, well, military police industry in general. Huge realization for me was getting to know myself and being being okay with that. Because I'm, mm. I'm probably a bit similar to you. I'm I'm very extroverted na naturally, but 
I can be quite hyperactive and I can be a bit too much for some people. And I used to really kick myself because I was like, I'm too loud, you know, I'm too boisterous, people don't take me seriously. But it yeah. took me to, to go, well, no, that's okay. Like, not that's why I stopped one business and kept going with the other. Because yeah. I was like, this is more what I like to do. So do you yeah. ever do any work, whether it's one-on-one or group stuff, on like helping people, I don't know, like come to terms with who they are and the type of personality they like, are? Or? Pretty much that's coaching. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I have a lot of, I have a lot of, um, like I run a program called uh, the Bucket List Business Plan. And I have, a, over the last 10 years of, of being the bucket list guy, I've had a lot of people go, oh, I'd love to do what you do, Trav, you know, coaching, speaking, being an author. And, um, and so, and I've learned so much about how to, how to do it. Um, but I put it into a program and I called it that. And so for the last six years, I've been running a program where, you know, people have got to, you know, uh, fuck, there's so many trapped stories within people that are way bigger than mine and could affect so many more people than I, than I ever could, but they're just not out, in a, out of that person in a commercial fashion. I think there's a book... There's a book, there's a speech, there's a program, there's a coaching program within anyone. Not everyone wants to, who's gone through some stuff, wants to pay it forward. But there's a lot of people, especially who've come up to me and go, I want to do what you do, Trav, but in my own kind of way. So I've been helping people like that. And that's amazing. I love doing that. And um, I've got one, I've got one client moment. Um, and she's literally, we've called her the nine lives lady. Her kids call her the nine lives lady. And we're talking, we're talking everything but war she's been through, <laughs> you know, everything yeah. from childhood to growing up religious to through to fucking husbands that are assholes, you know, the cancer, fuck, you, you name it. Literally, I said, you know, she came to me and go, oh, I, don't, I don't know how to get, like, I know I want to help people, I just don't know how. Trav, you've done it and you, you run around the world doing what you do. Can you help me? I'm like, yeah, cool, done it. And so we've got a very structured way of creating an expert ecosystem and getting a book out, getting the speech and getting the program and just getting them out there so they can actually help people like them. So there's no use having all these learnings if you don't do anything. I think that's how... Our basic human—that's how we put back into the into the grid of the world—is is go through some shit, learn some shit, and then package it all up for other people to learn. Hundred percent, man. Being being of service. Not everyone is of that way, but a lot of people who've come into my world are like that. And like, how dare you die with these learnings inside of you? You know, how dare? Because there's some rich wisdom within each person. I mean, you guys have been through the military. You've got some, you got some shit to share with people, right? Especially with us, us, us citizens. We don't know. Fuck. And it's like, how dare you, how dare you go through this life and not extract that and, and package it all up for someone else to learn from. It's like that, that wisdom is so rich. And it's like, so I love, like, this lady, 
been through all sorts. And I literally last week, last Thursday, we had a chat. I said, all right, first thing, she's just started with me. First thing, you've got to write a book. We're going to start off with nine chapters. And literally, and she's like, oh, what do I say? I just don't know. But if just put your pen to paper and just go chapter one. And it's called rape. And I'll, um, yeah, that's the only heading it at the moment. Yeah. And I'm going, are you okay to call it that? And it's like, because I'm fucking really uneasy about it. And she's like, no, nah, no. Nah. Uh, anyway, the other one's called child, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm fuck. These are the headings. We haven't come up with the heading, the titles yet, but that's what we're going with. Yeah. Text me yesterday. She's texted me this morning and she's done nearly 30,000 words over the weekend. Jesus. What, what, what does that that's look like in chapters? Like, that's 35,000 words in that book. Okay. <laughs> so and she, I go, she's basically written a book, yeah. Mate, I've, I'm goosebump, right? So I'm just, I'm just like... And she goes, I'm just remembering all that because writing is therapy, right? So that's really, and it's extremely cathartic when you get this, when you get this stuff out of you and onto paper and out, out into the world via a speech or a program. It's extremely powerful in, heal, in healing. When you, when you help other people through what you know, it is so therapeutic. So you reckon I'm not helping myself every speech I do with my own depression? Of course I am. Yeah. And if I'm if I'm learning some stuff and helping someone and they're tearing up, it's like that's healing a part of me. So I'm not doing therapy for myself on stage, but I know that if I'm helping other people, it makes me feel good. Blah blah blah. So she's written thirty thousand words over the weekend. I'm like, holy fuck! And she goes, yeah, my hand won't stop. It's sore. I go, wow, didn't this need to fucking come out? And she's yeah. going, oh, my God, I'm sitting here writing and I've, I've nearly gone through a whole lot of tissues. I'm like, I'm so, <clears throat> I'm so blessed to be on this journey with you, you know? Mm. Yeah. Makes you feel good. Yeah, mate, I, uh, yeah, you, you caught me in the in the fields, bro. I, uh, I, can, I can see you, man. I can see, like, this will just be an audio thing, but um, I can see you're really affected yeah, yeah. by this, but like in, in a positive way, you know what I mean? It's just really good, you know, like the, 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 there's so many people that she'll help. Yeah, I love that. You know, young young girls need to hear what she's got to say. Teenage girls, she's got teenage girls herself and she she's just done everything opposite to what she grew up with and, and now she's... She's actually putting it into some 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 learnings, and I can't wait to you know she's gonna. I'm gonna get her. Uh, uh, I'm gonna make her a fucking rock star. That's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, good. Is that is that on your bucket list? Like, is does stuff like that go on your bucket list? A bit doesn't need to because you're just gonna do it anyway. But... No, I I just I, I I'm 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 uh, you know I, I've been I'm really lucky that I've arrived at this bucket list guy stuff and you know doing my bucket list is all well and good and I've done some crazy shit on it and there's a bunch of stories there as you've heard and it was all about me when I started off but now it's all about we how can I how can I help other people and um, that's that's the legacy play yeah I, I love that legacy piece man I mean slightly sort of regressing to that my bucket list um, mm. acronym 
it's just such a simple way for people to just not go <laughs> skydiving, seven wonders of the world, da 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 da, yeah. da. It's like... I, I did that in the first year of becoming the bucket list guy. I did all the stupid shit that, you know, not dared to do stuff from mates and blah, 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 and still getting through the seven wonders of the world and all the travel stuff. That'll, that'll happen. I mean, I, 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 I've got another client that's actually... Um, He's written, we've written a 10-year bucket list plan and he's got 350 things on his bucket list and he's literally put together, we've put together a 10-year bucket list plan and a bucket list budget. It's psycho. You should see this guy and I'm like, you're going to, like, I think he's going to get a videographer for, for it. Yeah, man, I've got a guy like that lined up now that you've mentioned that. I'm like, I'm going to fucking speak to that dude. But like the, that, I love that the you're not sitting here going. And then I went skydiving, and I did this, and I ate this hot chili pepper or whatever. Nah, you, like, yeah. You're talking about the stuff. Like it's it's a human yeah. connection thing. It's that healthy <laughs> piece, and and Matt, that's why I do the podcast because I don't want to just get on yeah. tell mad worries. That's cool too, but I yeah. I want other people to come on and tell me their story, and then help other people, and then like I'll probably do more of my own stuff these days for just social media. You know, do do your own stunts for social media, and that's what I'm telling all my bucket list coaches too. Like, just keep living your list, and so like like I did I did one the other day, and not the other day, a couple of months ago, and it was a stand up comedy gig. But fuck, you're not funny, Trav. Yeah, I, know, <laughs> I did it anyway. And, um, <laughs> the the point the point being that was on my list for over eight years, and I was just like, oh no, no, I haven't. You know, I'm too busy. You know, like, I've got all this travel stuff. For it. it was fucking bullshit anyway. I did it, and I, I put it up. I put it up on uh, it's on my YouTube channel and stuff, and. Uh, it was five minutes, and I was, and I'm a TEDx thought leader. I'm a TEDx speaker. I'm a keynote speaker, and doing five minutes comedy scared shitless. Yeah, because there's so only one outcome that you want, and it's laughter. If you don't say, get it, uh, yeah, Netflix hasn't called yet, but you know we're getting. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was I was super scared. So I'm still finding stuff that. I've got a lot of stuff that I haven't done yet. No, I'll get around to it. I've got the means to do it. I travel all around the world and that stuff comes quite easy, but it's it's really being able to help other, you know, I love helping other people. It's my highest, you know, apart from my health and family and stuff, it's um, one of my highest values. If I'm not doing that en masse, uh, I don't feel like I'm contributing to the world. Yeah, that's so good. Well, in I guess in relation to that, like, you know, trauma and I guess the, the whole premise behind the bucket list yeah. is that we're all going to die one day. I'm not sure I don't know how to word this question, but, like, what's your experience with people who you've interacted with who have their bucket lists? What's your experience with that last part, that last part where maybe some of the people you know or you've worked with have actually died or there is an impending death. Oh, my, 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 diagnosis um, or... Yeah. I mean, um, my best mate, you know, one of my, you, you didn't hear it, but no, I went to, uh, my best mate um, was a big driver for doing this, for why I do this. And I continue to do it. My best mate died with a, a stage four brain cancer at age 41. Sorry to hear that, man. And we went to Burning Man together, 
I only knew him with cancer. So we were actually, when I became the bucket list guy, about a year into it, um, I was introduced to Cam and Cam was um, stage four brain cancer. And we met at a seminar and a mutual friend said, oh, I think you guys will get along because um, we got introduced and Trav, he runs, he's a seminar guy and he runs around the world as the bucket list guy. And Cam, um, well, you're as bad as crazy as him and I reckon you'd be good mates. And, uh, you know, you've got, you've got cancer and, and I went, oh, fuck, okay, I'm sorry to hear that. And he's like, nah, it's all good. Oh, good. I go, you're right? And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really talk about it. Let's get on with it. So this bucket list, what are we, what's, what are we doing? And, um, and so I, 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 um, I said, there's stages of cancer, isn't there? And Cam went, yeah, this when we first met. I go, so brain cancer. So that's, it's not a good one. And, uh, and he's going, no, possibly the worst. Right. So how many stages are there? Four, he said. I said, so one's the worst? He goes, nah, four. I go, Shit. so what do you got? He goes, four. And I go, so you're pretty much, he goes, fucked. <laughs> yeah. I went, all right. So, uh, mate, uh, how long have you, you know, how long have you got? He goes, oh, they gave me six months, six months to live about six months months ago. <clears throat> I said, what, you should be dead now? Yeah, apparently. I said, fuck. Um, he goes, so what's all this bucket list stuff? I said, it's all the shit you want to do before you die. And he goes, oh, good. All right, well, I want to write my list and let's get on with it. I went, fuck. Mate, and, and Cam lived six and a half years past his use-by date, his original use-by date. And I went to, we went to Machu Picchu, did Dakota, did, did heaps of shit together. Um, and he never bought in, he never bought in, like they wanted him to speak and do cancer, cancer groups and shit like that. And he said, why would I want to hang around with other people talking about fucking cancer? And, and, because there's a lot of victims out there and they look poor me. It's a poor me discussion group. He goes, I don't, I don't deal with that. I want to hang around with you, Trav, and just get on with it because I know that. So I lived, I lived with Cam. I lived through Cam like I had cancer. And so when he died, um, a part, I was the only non, uh, non-family member to give a speech at his funeral. Um, but mate, he, he he showed me what it's like to live. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Jesus, Trove. Yeah, that's what it's all about, mate. And so, um, I've I, I've kind of carried the torch, so to speak. And. And, uh, you know, and, and, and then, you know, being, you know, cancer, bucket list, it's all, you know, people have it as a negative connotation. Uh, I don't see it that way. It's a, it's a license to, you know, license to really have a crack. And, and uh, 
but mate, there's so many examples. You know, there's too many examples. Everyone's got. Remember that exercise. You know, raise your hand if you know a person who's diagnosed to die from cancer. You know, I've done that in rooms of two thousand, three thousand people in different parts of the world. We, you know, three thousand people that put up their hands and say, "Yeah, I know people who've been diagnosed or died from cancer." Right? How many? And then you got people putting up fingers, ten, five, seven. So fuck. All right. Well, how many made their? How many of them made their? 80 years, which is the average age of death. So no one. No, if this isn't a fucking wake-up call, I don't know what is. Yeah. So I say, you know, like that's the that's the wake-up call. And I, I can't give you more than that virtual cancer diagnosis. Yeah, I mean, look, we've all got a diagnosis, mate. It's gonna happen at some point. Yeah. And that, yeah. that's why I love your message so much because you've just got to fucking grab it by the balls and go, I'm going to die one day. I could be an old man surrounded by my family or I could be hmm. 25 years old with brain cancer or however old you, your mate was, you know? So, yeah. Like yeah I've got to accept there's that. Many, there's too many reminders around us of, of where life's been cut too short. And I, and I, guess, I, I guess in the privileged position that I am, I've got a lot of those fucking reminders every day from people. Like I've got, <laughs> you know, people say, oh, I've got, you know, my mate cancer and bucket list and bucket cancer. And I'm like, I hear it every day. I'm like, that's why I, I thank you for motivating me. Yeah, man. Bro, that's heavy, man. <laughs> Super heavy. Um, like this will only be on, on audio, but... Uh... Oh, I've got yeah. to release the video. Have you crying? Oh, sure. Come on. Both sure. of us crying. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. But I mean, look, that that's I guess there, there's a there's a beauty in that, you know. It's and if you're listening, watching this, you know, that's that's you as two well. Grown men, two grown men tearing up. <laughs> yeah, and that's I love this. That's I don't give a fuck. I, you've seen me cry on stage. I don't. I, I'm beyond caring. The older I get, the less I give a fuck. Yeah, and you, look, mate. Because with the stuff you, you talk about and 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 the, the topics you discuss and the, and the the end state of where your bucket list is going to be, I mean, you know, there's obviously there's a lot of emotion attached to that, man. And and if, hey, if I, you I, didn't I, cry, I, I, then it'd be, I don't know, it would be a little bit disingenuous, you know. Yeah, exactly. I've, exactly. I've I've been I've been in a I've been everyone was in suits. It was in the the park hire in in Melbourne. It was a business breakfast for CFOs, right? publicly listed company, CFO. And, and uh, I was doing my thing and running around and getting, you know, I had a roving microphone. One guy got up in the middle of my seminar, just unannounced and said, this is shit and you are full of shit. Full on. He grabbed the microphone and said it too, so it was extra loud. Yeah, nice. I'm like, yeah, cool. <laughs> he's obviously oh, wow. living his best life now is he no well well there, there would have been a reason uh, having, like having done having done now i triggered something yeah and it was man, yeah. and it was um his wife like i went over to him and said oh and obviously i'd said something i said obviously i've said something that's uh that's you know personally affected you triggered you in some form or another really like apologize i don't know you know didn't know hand on the, you know, the old teacher's thing where you put the hand on the shoulder and said, look, love your opinion. And and I reckon if I asked the room 
you know, am I full of shit and, you know, is this shit? Maybe there'd be a couple of, that would join you on that. Who knows? But you're just brave enough to say it. And I had some fun with it. But I said, um, would you mind, sir? I love your opinion. Thanks, thanks so much for sharing. Do you mind if we have a one-on-one at the end of this and then, you know, talk about why, why you come to that opinion? I'd love to know. And we had a you know, had a chat afterwards. We hugged it out because his wife was going through chemo at the time, and it was raw. And it, you know, and it was. Um, but I know that that that's the fine line that I I dance on when I'm talking about this stuff. And but but you know, if you're going to change someone, you've got to go there. You got to you got to you you know not deliberately to try and um, for shock value because there's got to be follow up. Um, but you, you know, I, I see that as my responsibility as a speaker, as a thought leader to some, you know, if we're going to hang out for an hour, I want to hit you between the eyes and get you to fucking think. And you can, you can turn around and go, oh, that guy, you know, I'll leave my seminar and go, that was, that guy was an asshole, but fuck, got him. Yeah. But what he said, fuck. Got me Mate, thinking. Yeah. Yeah. You just have reminders like that constantly, and it would sure that would invigorate you too. Like you'd be like, "Wow, like I got this really acute response from this dude, and, and I know that it didn't just come from nowhere." And then yeah. to go and have this DNA with this bloke, eventually hug it out, you'd be like, Man, "That's nothing." I've had, I've had, I've, I could go on and on and on. I know this uh, podcast is is limited in time, but. Um, Mate, I've had people in the audience on Suicide Watch, you know, and I, fuck, where do I, but heaps of stories. Yeah, I bet. So this young girl was too shy to come up to me after a seminar, um, was down here in Victoria, and uh, and she sent, it was for a recruitment company or something, and then she sent me this big, long email afterwards um, going you know what I'm, I'm i'm right now for summary i wasn't going to come today and i actually thought about coming myself this morning and i went fuck i've tried before i'm on the i'm on the you know i've had run-ins with the piss and drugs boyfriends punching me up fucking the whole the whole bit and for some reason something got me there today um, I don't want to be here. And I was too, I was going to say, um, I was going to shake it. I was going to meet you afterwards, but I thought, no, I, 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 I had to go home and think about it. And I'm like, fucking hell, you know, you could just be there, you know, at the wrong time as not the right time, but at the wrong time and just too much could have triggered it as do something harmful. And, uh, and I said, you know, she got home. She said she got home and instead of doing something, I, I, I wanted to send you this email. Um, I really needed to hear that today. And, and it was kind of like a, a, a switch went on, the light went on, and I've written down my bucket list already with the bike blueprint and everything. And I've got five things. And I, and I just responded back like straight away, going like this, fucking clearing the bloody yeah. hell you know where is this girl I want to hug her just fuck fuck where is she and uh i said all right um her name was amy or something like that 
And I said, have you got just five things? All right, by the end of today, you've got to have at least 30 things for me. Just thinking, fucking give us something to look forward to, make her accountable. Make her accountable. Um, and I want you to send me a photo of you writing on your, like writing on your list. You know, just make, you know, make her accountable. Yep, yep. So she took a selfie of herself writing on her list and I'm like, yep, sweet. Give me a 30 by five o'clock. Can you do that? And it was like, you know, three o'clock right now. By five o'clock, can you do that for me? She says, Yes, I will, Trav. Yes, I will. You're a young, younger girl. And she sent it through. And I go, Oh, awesome. Okay, great. We've got a lot of lot, geez, a lot of these are all about travel and blah, blah, blah. What's the easiest one of these that you can do? And uh, it was like, I don't know, it was um, like I forget. What's the easiest, low, lowest hanging fruit that you can do on this list right now? And she identified one or two. And I said, all right, this week, that's what you're doing. This weekend, like tomorrow even, let's go. And what you're going to do is you're going to send me a selfie for you doing that. I forget what it was. Was I buying a new bike or something? I don't know. Um, I said, can you do that for me? And yep, 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 yep. And that just went on and on for about six weeks. You know, like she was sending me photo, like little selfie, you know, on social media. And and then it went, I'm like, all right, I think we're out of harm's way here. Um, and <clears throat> about a year and a half later, uh, I, you know, I didn't think, I got busy and didn't think about it. And then about a year and a half later, she sent me a photo. <clears throat> Um, of her and her family over in Italy. And, um, and she goes, yeah, if it wasn't, oh, I, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Um, and she'd grown her hair long. She was off the booze, off anything like that, new relationship, reconnected with her family. Um, and, and she's like, I, I wrote this on my list that day. Um, to be in Italy with my family, and I'm like, drop the mic. <laughs> so you don't have to do that many times, mate, to know that you're on a bit of a mission. You'll get that. Yeah. Probably already have. <laughs> so I'm like, I like, I like those drugs. <laughs> I'm going to get more of that. <laughs> Yeah. I like that not from my ego point of view that know that you're, you're actually doing something. Um, you're making, you're on mission, you're on, you're helping people. You might be big, big dominoes like that or just small ones, you know, but at the end of the day, it's pretty rewarding stuff. And I'm like, I'm going to do more of that. Right. Mate, I don't know. I don't know what else to say, mate. Um, apart from, um, mate, thank you for this like overwhelmingly positive message that you put out there, mate. I don't think you'll ever ever see the real lasting effects of what you do and the way you affect people. And I think that's that's a good thing because it's just yeah. it's so far beyond anything from where you started. It's 
you, yeah. you know, you're talking about dropping pebbles in the river, mate. You've just dropped a bomb and it's just shockwaves. So, yeah, you kind of like you just stay like, you know, like anything, you just put the blinkers on, mate. You know, with what you're doing, you put the blinkers on and just go all the way. You know, like what, what if it feels right, just keep on doing it and just don't go off track. You know, probably the one, one of the things that I've been successful on and why I got the opportunity to, you know, speak at Bruce's event the other day is for the, I think the second or third time now, um, is I've just stayed the course because I'm so congruent with it, you know? And I think in this day and age when you can get uh, thrown off course and bright shiny object syndrome and I'm being the worst at that, it's just just putting the blinkers on for over 10 years and I, I've, I'm more in love with what I do now than I ever have been. And it, and mate, it just oozes through too, you know, like it just oozes yeah. authenticity and I can, you know, yeah, yeah. it's awesome. No, I really wish that for other people, you know, to to get a to get a taste of that and just put some good out, you know, some good out, good news out to the world. Yeah, I think it's a fucking fresh change, man, and it, it re, it'll really give a bit of a gratitude kick up the ass for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but also like with you, like like and 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 people listening to, if you're going to help one person, well, why not help fucking tens of thousands? Why not help a million people? If you can help one person, why not change the fucking narrative? It's it's bigger than you. Yeah. Yeah. Someone has to. Yeah. Someone's going to change the narrative. Why not you? Yeah. So in a way, I I I've personally, I personally have I wanna I wanna literally challenge fucking drug companies, you know, and antidepressants. You know, I, I go fuck you. Like that that's no. What's 10 years in the future? And I, I kind of want to finish with this one because sure. the fucking time is running down. It really oh, ruins, yeah, yeah. Really <laughs> ruins the mood when you can see the countdown. <laughs> <laughs> Take us forward 10 years, 20 years. What's like, what's the vision, mate? What's the end state? If there even is an end state, what's what, what are we looking at in the future? Um, oh, that's that's. It's pretty clear, and and that I'll I'll still be doing this uh, at some level. Um, I love being you know being able to travel around the world and speak from your heart and get paid. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, I'm off to the the Caribbean at the end of this year, or one a gig in Dallas, and then a week and a half later in um, in the Caribbean, and a week in between. And it's like Tracy's coming with me, and we're eh, life's good. And so um, if I can keep doing that, that's great. As long as I go to places where I haven't been before, it's really good. Um, but no, it's about building other people, building leaders around the world and creating a movement, simple as that. Yeah. And let that be, a, I'm structuring, restructuring my companies and everything right now to make sure that I leave a legacy. I love that, man. I love it so yeah. much, bro. Hey Travis, man, that fucking timer is really fucking me up. So I'm gonna yes, <laughs> I'm gonna cut it there. It's dude. Probably but, a good um, thing. It's, we could probably talk until tomorrow, mate. So it's... yeah, exactly, mate. Oh, look, I think that was oh, I had a great chat, man. I could keep going for hours, dude. Um, but thank you so much, man, for coming on and like you know telling us all the stuff that you do and some of those stories, man. I'll tell you what, like. I'm going to go have to hug my daughter now. <laughs> yeah, you give my missus a kiss. So, 
Um, yeah. yeah, thanks, man. Your time is valuable, and you're, you're doing some fucking. You're doing the Lord's work, mate. So, thank you so much, well, bro. Make sure you do your thing, mate, and uh, here to support you. I will. Thanks, Steve Travis. I'll press the stop on the record, mate. Yes, thanks for having me on, mate. Cheers, mate.